the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Don't have time to go on SoCal Live today? Leave Scott a voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Burrow. It's great to be with you today as we are each and every day from 3 to 5 right here in the afternoon, wherever you are. Hope you're having a great day. Just another reminder the election day is October 10th. It's not November 8th. Your ballot comes in the mail, and you can drop it off on October 10th. And what one of the things that we really want you to do is to engage with the issues. Don't just vote R&D. Find out what's happening. Get involved. Vote all the way down the ballot. All of those people who are running who make decisions that control your life. They control the life of your kids, your grandkids, your grandparents. All of that is there. And we have a great event happening on our sister with our sister station, AM 870, The Answer, called Dinner with the Candidates. And uh, I'm with Jennifer Horn, who is the host of The Morning Answer from 6 to 9 a.m. on our sister station, AM 870, The Answer. Jennifer, welcome to Southern California Live. Thank you, Scott. What a pleasure to be here. And congratulations. You have been doing such a great job. And you look good in here. You've settled right in. Thank you. I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting in your morning chair. We're, I know. We, I, we're, we're, co- we're office mates. We're office that? mates. And so it's great to actually... <laughs> be with you in person in person yes exactly not yes. like ships passing in the night <laughs> right like uh, we just you clock out i clock that's in. right that's kind of how it it's works, a tag team it's great to have you with and i enjoy your show i've been listening and laughing with uh and enjoying all the information on uh, your program everybody should listen to the morning six to nine on am 870 all right so jennifer we got this great event called dinner with the candidates coming up and uh how did this begin what's the idea of having dinner with the candidates i've been to lots of Yeah, things, usually debates or Q&As, but we're going to have dinner. Well, I got to say that this was actually a brainchild of mine a while ago, like years ago. And I was just thinking there's so many people who just go out and vote like you say, right? They go out and they say, I'm a Republican. I'm going to vote all all of the Republican candidates. But here in California, there are so, I mean, we're just like, we're not normal. You know this, Scott. We're not normal. Yeah. And uh, so there are a lot of judges on the ballots. Nobody knows how to vote for a judge. They're just picking names that they like. Yes or no. How do I vote for this? Right. right? They don't know how to vote for a lot. A lot of times propositions are meant to trick you. A yes means no. A no mm-hmm. means yes. They write it for someone who's like a men's student. You know, I mean, it's not <laughs> it's right. they're not writing it for the average person. And then when it comes to candidates, even if you're voting for, let's say I'm a Republican, no secret there. I vote for a Republican candidate. Do I know that they're going to deliver? How do I? Right. Because we don't get FaceTime mm-hmm. with many of these people who run to represent us, whether it's local or, or national, if it's a, a statewide office. And a lot of them are nonpartisan, theoretically. Totally. They're, they're all partisan in reality. Reality. Right. But okay. the, they don't tell us that. Right. The ballot won't say. Right. So I was just thinking through this and I hear the frustrations in my own social circles. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we had an event where we invited every candidate? And I meant everyone, Democrat, Republican, independent, you name it. It. The first event, and by the way, all of our events during the primary season, if you've come to any of them, you know, it it almost has like a circus theme because mm. you've got, and I don't mean that in a bad, unprofessional way. I mean, we invite everybody to come out. And we had the great partnership with the folks over at the Nixon Library. We did it at some smaller venues. And we started going around. We did a a candidate event in L.A. County, Orange County, the Inland Empire. We got this idea 
that we would just make one gigantic event. And so this past June, we were, well, actually May, we were at the Nixon Library. Every county, every position was invited. And we had like 400 people turn up. And so now that we're getting closer to the midterms and to the general election, Mm -hmm. we do a second event which is much more small and intimate, where we take all of the winners that have that have made it through and we send out invitations to bring in key candidates for Congress, key candidates for statewide office, for local office, so that we can really dive in deeper this time and kind of have a more substantive conversation about what these offices are about. I mean, how many people know right. what lieutenant governor does? Right, which is nothing. Which is wake up in the morning, check yeah. to see if the governor's still alive, and then go back to sleep. That's right. Yeah. So you kind of go through and, and we'll kind of do deep dives on some big hot topics and people will actually get to come watch a live radio broadcast and get FaceTime with the candidates that they're going to see on their ballot. I think that's a that's a fantastic idea. So what um, you know, when you think about this and these kinds of events, you said it's like a circus atmosphere. OK, <laughs> the, Are, is there a Ferris wheel the primary, or yeah. animals? What's <laughs> we have going cotton on candy. Yeah. It's not even I don't even a circus makes it seem like it's it's not serious. It is. But There are a lot of offices in California, and there are a lot of candidates during the primary. So Mm -hmm. you get – I mean, it's possible that you have 12 people running in a race. And literally, I spend weeks going through identifying which candidates are running. I send them an invitation, and everybody's on the table. This time around, we have – like I said, we've limited our attendance. We're doing it at Angelo's and Vinci's Mm -hmm. restaurant. So it's going to be a more intimate event. And that's in Fullerton. In Fullerton. And so some of the people who are attending, Brian Dolly, who's running for governor, Angela Underwood Jacobs, who is running for lieutenant governor. She is, by the way, she gave some compelling testimony about crime and about this defund the police movement. She lost her brother in a shooting. Her brother mm-hmm. was a police officer. And uh, she went to the Capitol and testified before Congress. She's fantastic. Lon He Chen, who yep. is probably the Republican who has the best chance to uh, break statewide office. He's running for controller. He'd be the first Republican in decades. 15 years. Yeah. That's right. Rob Bernowski, who's running for Secretary of State. All of the statewide candidates, aside from Nathan Hockman for Attorney General, will be there. And it's because it's a Jewish holiday, so mm. he won't be able to make it. But we also have key members serving in Congress right now. We have Congressman Mike Garcia from Los Angeles County, Congresswoman Young Kim from Orange County, Congressman Ken Calvert from the Inland Empire, Scott Ball, who is a candidate for Congress running against Katie Porter, who has a fantastic shot in a, a newly redistricted region for Orange County. So he will be there. We've got members of the state assembly, the state senate. They will be there as well. And then we've got local offices as well that will be turning out. And probably most important, I think, to uh, your listeners and to my listeners, our kids, right? Everybody is concerned Mm. about what's happening in public schools in the state of California, whether it's your children or your grandchildren. You hear the horror stories about the curriculum. You hear... The horror stories about, you know, all of these forced vaccinations, forced masking, all of the freedoms that are being ripped away from parents. And Scott, I really feel like this is a a way to empower the schools and the government and the system and take away power from the nuclear family. That's what they want to do is to divide us up. And so it is really important that we fight back. And a guy who has a great chance to help us is Lance Christensen, who's running for superintendent in the state of California. He's going to be there. And so there's going to be an opportunity for us to talk about all sorts of issues, I think, that are really important to people's quality of life in the state of California. And I think people need to realize, I think we're waking up to it, but mm-hmm. I think when we when we talk about the dangers to the family... And we hear these stories of what's happening in the children's hospitals with the surgeries and the, the puberty blockers and all Ugh. of that. We think, okay, that's just one place and it's back east and whatever. No. It's not. It's here. 
it's everywhere. And when we hear what's going on in the schools and the school systems and what's being taught to kids, we go, well, that's a crazy school district somewhere else. It's right here. It's, it's in our your backyard. school district. Absolutely. It's right here. You have to get involved. You have to. And, you know, we you think about culturally. So I believe that this election is going to be about quality of life issues. And those mm. are the economy, crime. Right. You want to feel safe. You want to have enough money to send your kids to school to save for your future. Those are going to be really driving issues, I think, in 2022. But we can't let the social issues that Democrats are pushing fall by the wayside either. We need to make sure that we're taking control of education. And quite frankly, I'm appalled by what Gavin Newsom has done in terms of abortion in this state. He's not even leaving it legal in the state up to the point of birth, which I think is just horrific in general. I mean, you could have discussions all day long about where people think mm-hmm. life begins. I believe it's at conception, but people will argue it's when you have a heartbeat, a face. But the day that you, the day you're giving birth to your child, is that really appropriate? And after, yeah. which is now one of the pieces of conversation. And that's what's happening with Proposition 1. Yes. And we've been talking about that is a, a way to actually change the law. They keep saying, no, we're just codifying the state law into mm-hmm. the Constitution. That's not true. Proposition one will allow abortions for any reason in the third trimester. And a recent Rasmussen poll said 79% of Californians are against third Nobody trimester abortions. That. It's really hard to be for yeah. that. And yet that's about to be forced on you and you're not being told the truth about it. And it, it, worse yet, if you look at, you know, I always laugh and we talked about how propositions, you have to, you know, you have to be like a, right. <laughs> a mastermind to understand yes means no, no means yes. But if you look at any government material and you know with your background they try to intentionally confuse you because they don't want to deal with you You go to any government run website and you're like try to go to the dmv renewal site i mean it's just it's Mm. you're all over the place if you go to the abortion website that gavin newsom has set up it is as easy as pie to understand it is set up for a sixth grader to understand and one of the things that they make perfectly clear and i cannot even believe that this is legal i mean it seems abusive is that on this website you uh, click on the section, what if I'm underage and out of the state of California? It says it's perfectly legal for you to be under 18, travel to California, have an abortion without parental consent. Now, to me, that incentivizes ki- runaways. I mean, are you mm. telling people if they have a house, they're afraid to say that they're pregnant to their parents at 13? You're going to say, come on to California all by yourself. Make that trip. That it's just it's irresponsible and it's unethical. Yeah. See, and I believe, and I say this a lot on our show, is that 80%, I think there are there are issues where you can find agreement with 80% left and right. Agreed. This is one of those. Mm-hmm. I think that even if you're pro-choice, you are probably not pro-choice in the third trimester. You probably don't think we should be inviting kids from other states to come over here and right. then p- us pay for it. Yeah, it, it just, it, that seems to be reasonable. And what, as you mentioned, there's room for argument and discussion. People seem to be, even pro-choice people seem to be about 15 weeks, right? Mm-hmm. They seem to think, okay, the first trimester may be a little beyond that. But that's that's about where people's Most of the is. world is 12 to 15 weeks. That's right. And somehow California is up until birth or even post-birth, which was an idea they floated. And nothing is by mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, pieces of these the, the of legislation that we see and we get horrified by and then they say, oh, we're going to take that out. That's a little too extreme stream they're testing us yeah and so we have to react and the reason i love these events is that i feel like it gets people excited it gives people a sense of purpose and it helps us organize in our own community we were talking off air we are so incredibly powerful and most people don't realize they're the power of the individual Mm -hmm. it is our responsibility 
And if you, I mean, there's so many people who complain about California and either they leave or they just complain. Maybe they don't even vote. They just shrug and they go, my vote doesn't count here. I like beg you to talk to people. Don't be afraid to have the hard conversations. You know, your grandma said, don't talk about religion or politics. Talk about religion and politics. And you don't have to be preachy. You can just have a conversation. Listen to people. Talk to them because they tend to buy you more than they're going to buy any politician or any skeevy tagline. Mm -hmm. So tell people where you are. Get involved. And if you can, this election cycle, help one person vote. Ballot harvesting is perfectly legal now. If you know someone who can't get to vote or can't send in their ballot, help them fill it out and take it in and turn it in for them. If every one of us did just one of those, we would see a huge increase in our I want to results. talk about that in a second. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. My guest is Jennifer Horn, the host of The Morning Answer on our sister station, AM 870, The Answer, right here in Los Angeles. Jennifer, ballot harvesting. So this has been a subject in, in some states. It's not legal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there was the, the movie uh, that was put out by Salem, uh, 2000 Mules, yeah. and it kind of talked about how people are doing it. In some places, it's completely illegal. But that process of gathering up ballots... Mm-hmm is completely legal in California. Now, they have to be real. The the voter has to be the one who actually votes and signs off on the envelope, whether or not that's happening is is another thing. Yeah. But it's completely legal for people to get together and help people get their ballots turned in. It's totally legal. And it's something that Republicans in 2018 got shellacked Mm -hmm. in congressional races, state, I mean, any, it was... It was a blowout. Yeah. And that's because Democrats realized that ballot harvesting was legal and they did it. Republicans in 2020 got it together and we were able to take back a few of those seats that we had lost and actually had some pickups in California. This time around, it's going to be imperative that we do the same thing. And we can all do that. Again, you let them fill out their ballot, but you can take it in. You can turn it out. You can can turn it in for them, answer questions. You can do all of that. It's perfectly legal. And we, you know, it doesn't feel right, doesn't feel ethical, but guess what? It's the law, and we should be able to use it just like Democrats. And it's the do. way the game is played. That's like, it. So I agree. I don't like it. I don't think we should be doing it. I don't, I don't think the the mail ballot thing is even is the way we're doing it anyway. I don't think it's safe, but mm-hmm. it is the it is the rule. It's the game, and it's okay to play according to the rules. That's important. It's important, and you've got to get engaged with the rules. I've heard people say, "No, I don't like it, so don't do it. Just go in and vote on election day." And then mm-hmm. what happens is, is you don't. You forget. Yep. You couldn't make it you to the polls sick. for some reason. Yeah, you got sick. You got the COVID. For some reason, you're not there. And then your vote doesn't happen. Yeah. I, and now I love to go to the polls. I do too. I, it's oh, my, it's the best. Yeah. It's my favorite thing. I don't know why that feels good. No, Nothing great. I vote for ever passes in California, <laughs> but I still feel like this one time it could be our year. I'm a Dodger fan. So, uh-huh. you know, I'm used to that. It could be our year this year. That's right. <laughs> so, and maybe really truly this year could be the year, but you still have to go in and enjoy the process. But as you mentioned, have a plan. Yeah. Create a plan. If you think you want to go on Election Day, well, if you can't, make sure you have someone who can take that ballot and turn it in. Because it is really, really important to know that you've got a plan and a backup plan. And it seems silly in this day and age, but it's time. We have got to take this seriously. And we have to make sure that we are prepared to fight. And it's the very least that we can do, right? Talking in our own circles, posting on social media, turning in a ballot or the ballots of our friends and neighbors, our family members. Make sure that the people you know are engaged in the process, too. And if you're thinking that your vote doesn't count or that it doesn't matter, we were talking about this, too, in the Mm -hmm. break, is that many elections, especially local elections, are decided by one or two votes per precinct. Especially those local elections. Oh, yeah. Just a couple of votes. 
They are nail biters. So your your vote matters. Yep. And the wild thing is, is only 30 or 40 percent at most of Californians are going to vote. That means that the election could go any direction if people actually went out there and voted. If every person who showed up to vote for President Trump showed up on Election Day this year or, or sent in their ballot before Election Day, Republicans would have a clean sweep. We have to start out playing Democrats because they have a, something that we don't. And they have the power of the unions behind them. And they will pay members of the union. It's very organized. They will get people to go out and collect votes, help people fill out their ballots. They are ready to go. It's a machine. It's the reason why everybody was hopeful that Gavin Newsom would get recalled. And then mm. lo and behold... We were surprised. And, and it wasn't won. close. It wasn't even close. And that's because the unions turned out to support him. And he recently paid them back with this fast food council. Mm. Maybe you've talked about on the program where they're going to unionize fast food workers, which is going to allow the unions to pick up another 500,000 individuals to to go out and, and vote in the power of the union, to be part of that funnel. So if we want to be serious about getting elections back, we have to do it ourselves and we're not getting paid to do it. So that's why it's important to have these, you know, to communicate these things, because, as you mentioned, Mike Garcia in District 25, two years ago, congressman, he'll be at our event. He won his election by 333 votes. Bill Asaley in the Inland Empire, I think it was like 65 votes at one point that they were separated by. These are close Races that need to make sure every single vote is counted and counted appropriately. It um, once again, this is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. My guest is Jennifer Horn, host of the Morning Answer on KRLA here in Los Angeles, AM 870. Um, getting back to the event here that's coming up. Now the event's going to be October 4th, which mm-hmm. is tomorrow, but you people can still sign up. That's absolutely AM 870 info keyword dinner. And I think we might have a few slots at the door. So if you, if you see that it's not available on the website, you can still come three to six in Fullerton. And you said before uh, that it was a circus. I want people to know this is fun. When it's we say totally circus, fun. it's incredibly fun. It's not some stuffy event. No. And that's, what's really cool is that not everybody has been a part of a live broadcast before. So if you have done that what's great you don't have to participate if you're a little stage you've got some stage right but if you want to you can ask a question Mm -hmm. you'll be on the radio with us you'll be able to see how the radio show runs which is a lot of fun you'll be able to clap as we bring back segments because we love that interaction and of course after after we bring up these individual candidates they're going to be there for you to shake their hands and to say hello and ask maybe a question, a burning question about the process in Sacramento or in Washington, D.C., or how somebody feels about an issue that maybe we didn't get a chance to talk about on the air. It When does that happen? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a really cool thing. Plus, this time around, as I mentioned, because it's a more intimate event, we're doing dinner for everybody. Mm. You have nothing to lose. It's like $29 a ticket. That's including dinner, including the broadcast. And we know that it's difficult. Three to six can be hard because you know people are working and right. it's Orange County. You need to come a little late. That's fine, too. We're very it's it's very relaxed. It's very fun. And you'll learn something. I think it'll energize you and it'll help you kind of come up with your own voting plan. And, you know, when you get to meet the candidates, I've always found this to be such a great thing. It humanizes them. Right. They're regular people who've got opinions who are putting themselves out there. You've got to give them credit. They are putting themselves out there at the the personal risk to their families, personal you know, just risk to the reputation because they're sharing their opinions or, or they're not sharing their opinions, you know, whatever they're doing. 
But uh, I think that you appreciate the person who actually stands up and says, hey, you know what? I'll run for this. Maybe it'll inspire you Mm -hmm. to run for this. Why aren't you running for school board if you don't like it? That's right. Why don't you get involved and change something? Or how about this? If you don't want to run for office yourself, maybe you can volunteer for a a campaign. If you find something you're passionate about, volunteer. If you're financially able, you can donate some money. It helps you figure out who is the real deal to you. Who is representing you best. Some of the most fun I've ever had in my life is volunteering for political Oh my campaigns. gosh. I used to, I first started walking for George W. Bush back in uh-huh. 2004 and it was the most unique experience. And imagine, I, you know, a young 20 something girl knocking on doors going, would you like to vote for George Bush in Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it was still fun and it shows you the process. So many of us, especially your kids, don't understand the civic process and how we can really make change in this country, yeah. which is still the greatest on the on the whole globe, no matter how much we complain. And so I even like to bring kids to stuff like this because I think it immerses them Instead of frustrates them. So many kids right now, mm. I think, are frustrated. They don't know how to make change in our country. Yeah. You can show them how if you take them to events like this. That's get a them great involved. idea. Yeah. Bring your kids. Get involved. Yeah. Uh, and and really do this. Get to know what is happening. That's such, And it is fun. It's super yeah. fun. Jennifer, uh, tell us one more time. How do people uh, come to the dinner, the Dinner with the Candidates, which is tomorrow from 3 to 6 in uh, Fullerton? Uh, Give us the details one more time. Absolutely. Come and see us. We will be broadcasting live 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. Angelo's and Vinci's restaurant in Fullerton is the place. It's right on Harbor Boulevard. Easy to find. Tickets are just 29 bucks. And you can come and see Brian Dolly and Mike Garcia, Young Kim, Ken Calvert, Scott Bow. They'll all be there. AM870.info. Get your tickets. You can use keyword dinner to get straight to the link. AM870.info. I like code word better for the political. It's like you get to go into the smoky backfield room. You know, I always like, I want to be a spy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So code word. Code word dinner. (laughs) All right, Jennifer, thank you very much for being with me. And Jennifer is on the air every single weekday morning on our sister station, AM870, The Answer, uh, on The Morning Answer. Jennifer, it's always great to have you. Thanks for letting me be on. Thanks, Scott. All right. We'll be back with Southern California Live as the Monday edition continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Great to be with you today. And it is getting close to Election Day. I keep telling you that uh, Election Day is not November 8th. It's October 10th and every day after that until November 8th. And, you know, let me ask you this. Do you get uncomfortable maybe in a, a Christian environment where we talk about politics? It's one of those things where right now you've got you have people on the right and left who are often conflating faith, however they see it, with their their own politics. And I thought I'd take a few minutes and uh, talk about this for a little bit to pull us onto, I think, a better page. I think it's important, number one, that that Christians are involved. I'm going to tell you all the time on our program that you need to vote and that I, and I think there is a, even a biblical reason. I'll explain that here as we do this, but we should be actively engaged in elections and voting, but not just voting for the R's and the D's or, you know, whoever, whatever party we might vote for, we should pay attention. We should be aware that maybe the other party is who we need to vote for in a particular race. 
maybe, you know, what is going on in the nonpartisan races where for sure they're partisan. Okay, so you've got certain races where they're not Republicans and Democrats, they're not running as Republicans and Democrats. But for sure, there's major political backing from one of the parties or both parties behind certain candidates. And, you know, so that's going on. There's a lot of deception. And ultimately, what we want to be always as Christians is about truth. But there's a great line from Jesus Christ in one of my favorite conversations that Jesus has in the Bible. Suddenly, he's in a political conversation, in a way, with Pontius Pilate in John chapter 18. And the conversation goes like this at one point. Uh, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. And then Jesus answered this. He said, you say I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. And then he says this. This is the line. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Jesus is saying that. Everyone on the side of truth listens to Jesus. If you want to know what the truth is, and this is, I think, very, very important for us as believers If we want to put the truth first, if we want to put our faith first, which we have to do, then we have to listen to Jesus about everything, how we treat one another, about what are the most important things. You know, Jesus, it's such an interesting conversation in so many ways, because Jesus is, in fact, a king. He's the king of kings. And Pilate is asking from an earthly perspective, are you a king? He needs to know, right? Because if Jesus is like, yeah, I'm the king of the Jews, you know, now we have a political crisis. Now we have, well, Herod is the uh, king over here of the Jews, but you're saying that you are. And, you know, Pilate has to deal with this sort of politically for that day. And if he's executing the actual king of the Jews or somebody who's actually making that claim, who has followers who have this political agenda, he's going to have a lot of trouble. Now, he mocks it later on, although a lot of people think it's a whole other discussion that Pilate might have gotten saved later. There's writings about that, not, not in the Bible, but there's writings about that. There's, there's clues in the Bible, okay? Pilate knows he washes his hands of it. He knows that this is wrong morally. Pilate most certainly knew that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. I don't know if you ever think about that, but these characters, these people, they most certainly knew They very likely saw him. So many people saw him. They certainly would have heard stories and would have come to some opinion about it. Jesus says, well, my kingdom, I am a king, but it's not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my my arrest by the Jewish leaders. Basically, Jesus is saying, if this were the way you're thinking of it, we wouldn't be talking here. But then he says, my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then. Pilate doesn't quite understand all of that. Jesus says, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And that's something that we always have to do is listen to Jesus. What is truth? Retorted Pilate. That's also a great question, right? That's the question of today. You know, they had lots of philosophical discussions back then. We have it about what is, you know, today, what is truth and, you know, how do you determine what is actual reality? All those things that sometimes we hear about today. I think we're more crazy today than, than back then in some ways, actually. But that's a normal, a normal question. But let's just focus on this. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me, Jesus says. 
that's what I mean. It's not everyone on the side of truth um, agrees with me. I think that would be part of it, but it's more about listening to Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Do you listen to Jesus when it comes to how we treat our neighbor, how we treat our enemy? What about people who are, are poor? What about people who are in mourning? Do we listen to Jesus when it comes to how do we take care of the poor, uh, the oppressed? How do we deal with these kinds of issues? Are we listening to Jesus or do we pick a political side and then listen to that and try to cram Jesus into our way of thinking that way? I think that's a big difference, right? Everyone, you know, it's, it's not Jesus saying everyone on the side of truth picks the right political party and votes that way. Everyone on the side of truth uh, registers a certain way. You see what I'm getting at? We have to be very, very careful because we are passionate, I think, and rightly so, about the country we live in. In fact, I find people are passionate about the country they live in all over the world. Every place I've been, there is a certain love for country, even in countries where things are very miserable. There's a sense where I would like things to be better, even if I'm trying to get out of here, even if I feel like because I'm in my country and it's oppressed and I, I want to go somewhere else where there's less oppression, even if that is what's going on, there's still a sense that people have about their nation that says, I wish we were better. I wish that this was a little bit better. For Christians, what's really important is that we start with realizing that we have a kingdom that we're a part of, a nation that we're a part of that's not of this world, that this is first, okay, our, our relationship with God is first. We are citizens of heaven first, and then we're citizens of the United States or whatever country you might be a citizen of if you're listening and you're a citizen elsewhere. And this is, we've got to have this. Our commands from our king outweigh all, must outweigh all partisan politics. If something on our side of the argument is contrary to what Jesus teaches, we cannot be for that, even if it would benefit our political side. We can't. We have to put the cross before the flag. We have to look at our politics through the lens of our faith rather than look at our faith through the lens of our politics. Are you with me there? There's foundations of this all through the Bible. You know, my favorite is, and there's a few, but Daniel chapter 4. Some people get bothered when I, when I read this. I don't want you to get bothered. I just want you to listen for a minute. Daniel chapter 4, Daniel is dealing with Nebuchadnezzar. And it's a profound passage that, yes, this is about another time, and this is about Nebuchadnezzar, and it's about uh, Israel and related things, but I think the truth of it is still true today. I don't think God stopped doing this. Daniel chapter 4, verse 17, the decision is announced by messengers, the holy ones declare the verdict, so that the living may know, that's us, you and me, we're the living, so that the living, most of us, so that the living... The living may know that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes and sets them over the lowliest of people. That verse is, it, it's just loaded, right, with all kinds of meaning. It's loaded. And, you know, I, I have found in my radio and ministry career that people respond differently to that verse depending upon whether or not the people who they support are in power. Because it's often, you know, we get, we get nervous when we're called to um, pray for the leader who we think is a terrible person or we think has terrible policies, and we might even be right. And yet that's there, and the reason is, is because there's something greater going on in the kingdom of God. I don't know why God does 
everything he does with people that end up in leadership. What I do know is that ultimately it's not my decision. It's the Lord's. The decision is announced by messengers. The holy ones declare the verdict so that the living may know, you and me may know, that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes and sets them over the lowliest of people. So God does this. What, what happens is funny to me. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host, and I can't take calls at the moment, but you can send me an email, SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. I, uh, on social media, whenever um, Barack Obama was elected, I think in 2008 or 12, I put this down. I don't remember which year it was. But after the election day, I wrote, I put down this verse, Daniel 4.17, the decision announced by messengers, the Holy Ones declare the verdict that let me know the most highest sovereign of the kingdoms of earth and gives them anyone he wishes. And it's really just to say, hey, the election turned out in a way that the Lord was fully aware of. And, you know, people who didn't vote for Barack Obama, lots of, not everybody, probably not even most people, but some people were really irritated. Now, the funny thing is to me is that after Donald Trump was elected in 2016, I did the same thing. I put this exact same verse down. And the other side was really irritated with me for putting that verse down there. What I'm saying is don't take your irritation out on on me. I'm just quoting from this incredible book that we call God's Word. The decision is announced by messengers. The holy ones declare the verdict so that the living may know that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes and sets them over the lowliest of people. It doesn't mean that you have to support every decision that that leader makes. It doesn't mean that God is in support of every policy that that person might put forward. It does mean, however, that God holds that person accountable. And this is something that we have to recognize, that leadership, whether it's president of the United States, I also think this qualifies for probably any leadership role that you have somewhere, Leadership is something where you are temporarily given a stewardship of something, and you are accountable to God for that. And that includes presidents, it includes pastors, it includes managers, it includes whatever leadership you might have. And this is something I think for us as voters to think about. In our system of government that is very unique, there are other you know, democracies and I know we're really a republic, but just for the sake of the voting here, there are other democracies, but we have something very, very peculiar about who we are. And it's that word, we, we, the people, we, the people means something. We, the people means that in our way of government, even though we have leaders who we elect and then we submit to, we, the people are in charge at least we are in charge or we have been given, and I would say by God, ultimately, like any, any leader, we are given by God the responsibility to use our authority in a way that is good, in a way that is right, in a way that is pleasing to God. See, we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution of the United States of America. It is profound that it says we, the people, not we, the smart guys who wrote this, not we, the leaders of people, not even we, the trusted representatives of people. We the people, meaning all of us. Can I challenge you this way? We'll talk about this a little more after the break here. That whenever it comes time to vote, 
one of the most basic reasons that you and I need to vote and that you and I need to take it seriously and that you and I need to investigate the candidates and vote in the way that we feel is best truly for our country about truth is because of this. The decision is announced by messengers. The holy ones declare the verdict so that the living may know that the most high is sovereign over all the kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes and sets them over the lowliest of people. When he gave this kingdom to anyone he wishes, he gave at least the selection of leaders every couple of years. And every time there's election, he did this in his sovereignty. He gave us this ability to lead. Now, whenever we vote in the elections over, we, we submit to the leaders then who are chosen and we have a system of laws and we do that. And that's important for us to do that. That's otherwise you don't have a nation. If people won't do that, you have to do it. But in this moment where we have a ballot that's coming in the mail next week, don't let it sit there. Don't let it just be something where you vote casually and you don't think about it. Take some time. We will help you on this program from time to time. We'll bring up an election subject to try to make it really clear. But realize that you have been given sovereignty over your vote by the Lord. I believe that is doctrinally, theologically accurate. And so it matters for Christians to vote. And the studies say that Christians don't, that more than half of Christians are not going to vote in this election. And when you think about that, and you think about how many crazy things are going on, um, maybe we, the people, need to pay a lot more attention to how we vote. Maybe we need to think about that. All right, I got to take a break. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. You can send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. I'll be back as the Monday edition of SoCal Live continues. Too nervous to go live on the radio with Scott Furrow? Then share your thoughts on the SoCal Live voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. I am Scott Furrow. You can send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com if you want to connect with me that way. We are a week away from ballots arriving in the mail. And uh, so every so often leading up to the election, we'll have some topics about election stuff. But we really want to take that time on this program to take a look at issues. Maybe we'll look at some candidates, but some of the issues that are out there and really try to nail down what really is going to happen. You know, if you vote this way on this proposition or if, you know, these things that are local or maybe some of this is that's national, what hangs in the balance of our vote? But in many ways, one of the things that I think is most important for all of us that I want to get across here is to vote. And, you know, I think for some of you listening, you're like, of course, I'm going to vote all the time. But more than half, the studies say more than half of of Californians are not going to vote, probably, in this election, in a midterm election. We, we tend to get a little higher than that whenever there's a presidential election. But even when that happens, there's a lot of people who will vote for the president and they'll vote maybe for a senator or they'll vote for, you know, and maybe this time they'll vote for governor. Uh, but they don't go all the way down the ballot. And if we've learned anything from the COVID, hopefully we've learned how important local elections are to our schools, to educating our kids for health, all of those things. The local people that you're voting for who often don't have a party in many parts of California, those roles are nonpartisan. They're all partisan, okay? There's all partisan, and there are Republicans and Democrats putting out voter guides telling you which people to vote for and sending money, okay? But nonpartisan meaning that if you're not paying attention, you don't really know based on the ballot even which way they are. Uh, I think we should do that 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 diligence, and the reason is because we have been given this assignment from the Lord 
to lead in our country. I believe it's a stewardship that we have. It's our vote. We have to steward the we, the we, the people of our Constitution. Jesus told Pilate, everyone on the side of truth listens to Jesus, and we have to make sure that he is first also. To be successful stewards of the leadership that we have, even with our vote, we have to be truthful. And Republicans are not always right, and Democrats are not always right. We need to be on the side of truth. Sometimes nobody's right. Sometimes there's, there's the right answer is not being carried by a candidate either side, on either side. Sometimes I think there is a clear right answer, but for political pressures and fundraising and all of those things that's a part of politics is sometimes we don't get to that right answer. I say that a lot on our program, right, that I think that, that if we all sat down and could actually hammer out some policies, I'll bet 80 percent of us would find ways to agree and resolve in a pretty good way, a lot of issues. Now, there are some that are moral issues that are that are significant. Those are harder, but lots of stuff that goes on, I think we would do better. But one of the things that for us, as citizens of the kingdom of God, as ambassadors of Christ, you've got to think of yourself this way, even with your vote. You're a United States citizen, and but we still need to be on the side of truth, even if it does damage to our side or our candidate or our ideology, whatever that is. And here's why. Our greater concern isn't just the kingdom of God, but it's our, our oikos. It's our, our oikos is our relational world, the people that we actually do life with. Because how we speak about political things, the words we use, or maybe even the opinions we have, or how we share those opinions, you know, most people, they're going to blow it off when they hear that from you. But the people who are in your relational world, your family, the people that you go to work with, or the people you go to school with, they pay attention and when we get behind things that are, are false or cruel or politically obfuscating, and, that, and then we do that in order to win votes, um, it damages our credibility with the people in our life because they know that. I mean, you're watching politicians, and you probably, you know, like me, I'll think of this about the person I disagree with a lot sooner than the person I agree with. But both of the, you know, I'll watch one of these debates and I'll have thoughts that go, well, that's not really accurate. Well, what that guy said is not. And sometimes it's my person who I'm going, nah, I don't think that's right. Your friends, your your people in your life, when you're talking, they might be nodding their head in agreement, but in the back of their mind, they're doing exactly what you do. They're going, no, that's not right. What you don't want them to be doing, it's okay if they disagree with you. Uh, they could be completely wrong and you can be completely right. But you don't want to be completely making stuff up. What you don't want in the back of their mind is this person is a liar. This person's crazy. This person is, you know, this person is saying things that are completely um, without possibility of being true. You just got to be careful. Now, there's some people are going to say that anyway, just because that's how they disagree. But relationally, the reason it matters is because at the end of the day, our call as citizens of heaven wants us to invest in other people the way Jesus did so that Jesus will be known. This also, by the way, makes us great citizens because it means that we're going to love people. It means that we're going to lay our life down for people. That's what leadership is, by the way, is you, you, you lead by laying it down for other people. And that, that's going to be what leads to recovery in this nation, if that's possible. When the people of this country take care of each other, when the people in our country decide, you know what, we're going to take care of each other and we're going to elect leaders who will not just try to win whatever uh, group of votes they think will put them over the top when only 30 or 40 percent of people actually vote. 
But people who say, you know what, I don't care if I lose the next election, election, this is right, I'm going to do it because I'm on the side of truth. We need to be that. If anybody who's on the side of truth is, on, is somebody who listens to Jesus. So we need to do that. Can I encourage you to, to be involved? The government is God's servant. Romans 13 tells us this. We have an opportunity to have a moment of stewardship every time there's a vote. Stewardship is when you take that vote very seriously and you say, I'm not just going to vote one way or the other as a guess. I'm going to look into it. There's lots of ways to do that. If you have Internet access, you can figure out pretty quickly where people are coming from. You can watch their speeches. You can you can learn pretty fast. You can't always trust what you read. You got to you got to be discerning of newspapers. Newspapers will spin things. And uh, you got to You probably know when you're reading something, if it's right or left or if you're watching television, if it's right or left, you probably have a pretty good idea of those things. Figure out what is true. God establishes leadership. The scriptures is very, very clear about that. Politicians, in fact, are ministers. They may not realize that, but whenever I meet a politician, in the back of my mind, I'm going, you're a pastor. You don't know you're a pastor. You may not even agree that you're a pastor, but you are, and you're accountable to your flock, which is the people in your district, the people in your city, or the people that you oversee. Romans fourteen twelve. so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. 2 Corinthians 5.10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Whatever it is that we think we're, uh, we're entitled to, and that's a word that we use a lot in our generation, whatever it is we think we're entitled to, whatever it is you're entitled to, what you're entitled to do before Jesus is to take those things that you think you're entitled to and leverage them for the betterment of other people so that they would glorify God that you've been given some kind of gift, some kind of whatever it is you've got, leverage that. Right now, you've got to vote. You've got to vote. Leverage it to the betterment of other people, to what really is right, not just to succumb to a right or left philosophy, but to really say, what would Jesus really say? What are the words of Jesus? Because if I'm listening to truth, if I'm on the side of truth and I'm going to listen to Jesus— and break through that and do that. Leverage your vote for the betterment of the people that you know. And go all the way down that ballot. Figure out who those judges are. Figure out who all those people are. Do the best you can. Our show will help you as much as we can uh, with that. All right. Enough uh, encouragement maybe for the day. You'll get your ballot in, in a week. Uh, vote. Uh, help other people vote. It's, in California, it's completely legal to help other people make sure they get their ballots in. Uh, You can't vote for them. You can't sign their ballot, but you can help them. Do that. Be a part of it. I think you will enjoy that process and being a steward of the vote that God has given you. All right, friends, I'm Scott Furrow, your host. This is Southern California Live. You can get the podcast at the radio station website, and you can send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. God bless you, and uh, we'll be back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.